Hey guys, my name's Melissa. Let's talk about anime. So I watched episodes three and episode four of Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and I'm I'm glad it went in the direction I expected because I was going to be extremely upset if David truly didn't have anybody to trust in this godforsaken world. But let's just dive right into it. So basically, the person who um you know, threatened David. His name was Maine, which can we talk about how Maine just, he gives off Barrett vibes from Final Fantasy VII. And I got to look into who his English voice actor is because he actually sounds like Barrett a lot as well. But um, he basically was working alongside Gloria, David's mother, for the, um, I think it's called the Sandivestian, Sandivestian? The little cybertech shit that David had installed in him. Gloria had sold it to Maine. And Maine is upset, obviously, because like he purchased that shit and it's sitting in her son's body. So it, it looks like Maine actually cared about Gloria, though, because David is trying to explain to him, wow, they're basically threatening him. Um, my mom passed away like the other day and I didn't know this belonged to you, but I needed it. And Bane actually said my condolences. I really feel like in the entire show, even though it's only been three episodes, ever since his mother passed, I feel like nobody actually offered him heartfelt like condolences in regards to his mother's death. So during that part, I was like, oh yeah, Maine's a good guy. Maybe not necessarily like a good, good guy, but like a person David can kind of look at as some kind of mentor or, you know, teacher figure. Um, but David basically lets them know, like, listen, I can actually handle this shit because they're saying, what's it doing inside a scrawny little pipsqueak like you? Like, you can't. They didn't think David was able to handle the amount of power that courses through it. Because remember, um, the dude who worked on David and installing it, he told him, like, you can only really use this at least twice. You shouldn't be overusing it and unfortunately this is exactly what i said when i was speaking about this before david seems like the type he's going to hear you can only use this twice in a day and he's going to respond with oh so i can use it 12 million times apparently you can only use it once in a while but you push yourself beyond your limits and then you're using it willy-nilly and every time he uses it, he gets a freaking nosebleed. And I, I worry for him. And I just, I, I feel like I already know the direction this is going, but I don't want to assume. But David worries me because you can tell he wants to prove himself. They basically like take him in as a like edge runner because, you know, this is like high quality tech that typically causes the person that it's installed into to kind of like overuse it and go crazy and like, not be able to handle it. So the fact that David, through, you know, all ten, intents and purposes and the way he looks, he shouldn't be able to handle it, but he is. So they're like, okay, he's worth something. So they decided to take him in and he, you know, he ends up not really being able to trust Lucy, which I don't blame him. Like, I hate that Lucy did that, but you know, it it makes sense. She works for them anyway, and she saw the tech, but it just, it sucks, because you could tell David was like, I trusted this girl, and this is how she repays me. But anyway, they end up meeting up, and they go do a heist for this big-ass fucking pit bull-looking-ass dude who bets on, like, random-ass cyber fights, I guess. I don't know. But... 
They basically have to skim this software or like, you know, data from his car. So Lucy and David end up like going into the car to go ahead and do that. Well, oh my God, the cutest little girl, or maybe, maybe I shouldn't phrase it as little because what she did in that episode clearly showed, I'm praying that it's an adult. She might just be petite. I think she's just petite, but, um, she had to like distract the, I guess he's like a biker dude, but she managed to do that. And she's just so funny. I love her accent. Whoever voices her is really fun. Um, actually, yeah, Rebecca, she was just like, she was super fun to have in the freaking episode. She's like a nice parallel to Lucy, who's a little bit, not even a little bit, who's definitely more serious and more calculated about how she goes about the heist. But um, of course, Rebecca didn't distract Pitbull long enough. So he's walking back to the car and David and Lucy are still in the car and it ends up locking on them. I guess it's like some kind of security fail safe. So it locks them inside the car and poor David, who I believe is 16 years old, does not know how to drive, has to like drive them away from that shit. And then a biker gang shows up, which... <laughs> It is so brutally graphic, this freaking series. When I tell you, Lucy took on one of them and she like whipped around her little twine thing and like it sliced his arm up and then like blood gushed out of his arm. I was like, what the absolute fuck? This is very violent. The thing about um Trigger, it's like the way the animation is, it's not so descriptive it's not like super detailed so I can watch it like I was watching Bleach the other day and when I tell you I was peeking through my freaking fingers because of the most recent episode that passed when Ichigo was fighting that stupid Quincy dude I was like oh this is extremely fucking violent homie was just like pointing his finger in a direction and bitches were blowing up but Oh my God, how did I get to speaking about Bleach? But Trigger, for that matter, they're not violent. They're just very like aggressive and like very all over the place when it comes to their fight scenes. And I really love it because as I'm watching this, I'm like, damn, I can really go for a rewatch of Fooly Cooly because it's just, oh my God. They just have a thing about when you watch one of their series, it makes you want to go back and watch a bunch of them because they're just so, they have a nostalgia feeling to them. Oh my God. It's so like, I really love Trigger. I'm sorry. Okay. But they eventually beat up the biker gang. Um, but <laughs> David, unfortunately, he gets... So after this successful heist, David gets paid his eddies and they're all good. And David's like getting to know the crew and he's kind of becomes restless. He gets restless because he wants to, you know... He wants to do better and I felt so bad for Maine because like <laughs> David ended up calling him while homie was just trying to you know he was just trying to get it in with Dorio I really thought when they said this girl's name her name was Dorito I was sitting there like that is so rude I was really concerned I was like whose idea was it to name her that and then I actually watched the credits and I was like oh I just I can't hear <laughs> but um David, you can tell, I, I kind of see where 
his path is going. And it's just very sad because he's going to want to prove himself to Maine and, of course, Lucy and Rebecca and the rest of them. And he's he's going to burn himself out. Every time he, I see him using that ability, I, I think back to the scene when his... Um, when his fixer told him, like, you can't keep doing this to yourself. <laughs> and he doesn't matter. He doesn't care, basically. But anyway, that was basically episode three. Episode four, David, it's basically like a montage of David receiving training from a bunch of them. He's He, like, runs errands for Pilar. He um, gets paid by Rebecca. I didn't realize Pilar and Rebecca were siblings until they showed it. It was really cute to see their sibling dynamic, which makes this episode a little bit more hard. Um, Maine teaches him how to drive, and he even kind of gets back on better terms with Lucy. It was kind of nice to see them, you know, interact with each other outside of a work setting. I mean, it was still technically work, but they were just jogging along at night. And it was kind of nice to see David confide in his feelings about Lucy to Maine. Because, you know, Maine had to rib him and, like, let him know, like, listen, are you hitting that? And I'm just saying, like, like, Maine, you are, like, a father to this man, probably. And you're asking him about how his relationship with Lucy is going. You don't think you you ain't got no cooth, good sir. (laughs) But... As he's talking about Lucy and as they're like exploring the relationship dynamic, David starts to realize he doesn't really know a whole lot about Lucy as he thought he did. And as he's talking to Maine, I got a little concerned because he's giving like all these little facets of Lucy away to Maine. And I don't know why. I just, it's kind of like a society where you can't really trust anybody but yourself. They even told David that like, don't, like make sure you are the first person you trust and I don't know why the fact that Lucy didn't share this information about wanting to go to the moon about having these dreams outside of edge runners like the fact that she didn't confide in this information to Maine leads me to believe maybe she was withholding it for a reason but also maybe I'm just thinking too much into it I don't know I just feel like David is a little too loose at the lip when it comes to Lucy and Lucy is probably secretive for a reason but um, it was nice to see him kind of learn more about her, I guess, especially when they were actually talking to each other instead of him trying to farm information out of other people on her. Um, so he, but he does basically tell him, yeah, I have feelings for her, but I'm pretty sure she doesn't have feelings in me. But he ends up trying, he he kind of comes into his own during this episode. You kind of see him shifting from the teenager who was doing his best to try and stay in school and trying to appease the principal. In that other episode you saw, the principal reached out to him. In the previous episode we saw, the principal reach out to him about coming back to school. And he was willing to take off a couple of demerits if he just like apologized to Katsuo or whatever the fuck his name was. But he was like, he just hung up on him because I don't blame him. He's like, what What exactly are you promising him? First of all, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, Cotswell's dad is like super fucking evil and he wants the fucking Scandiv- Sandivestin from David's back. So like the only reason why they're trying to have him come back to school is so he's easier to monitor. And like nobody wants to give that fucking daddy's boy a fucking apology. He started with him for being poor. Literally, Who does him being poor affect besides you? I never understood that. (laughs) But 
anyway, he David's basically coming into himself as an edge runner. He's like drinking carbonated drinks now. And he's like going to strip clubs with them. And he's learning what it takes to be an edge runner and like becoming friends and building relationships, something he didn't have at his school. And he has kind of like a makeshift family. But of course, when everything seems to be going good, everything starts to be like, starts to go to hell. So they're leaving and Pilar, somebody is pissing on top of a fucking like shipping crate. And Pilar, of course, because Pilar's fucking insane. He's the dude that was missing, who replaced his mechanical arm with a gold one and was feeling himself. So he goes to the dude because he's pissing on their turf. And he's like, why the fuck are you pissing here? And he's starting with him. And they, the others, they start to walk away. They're like, leave him alone, let him piss. But Pilar continued to bother him and homie shot the shit out of Pilar, like straight in the head. I I expected it because you could see his eyes. It was doing like that psycho cyber shit. And I was like, oh my God, Pilar's about to die. And it happened. But then, oh my God, wait, let me tell you guys something. I was high as hell when I was watching this episode. I was high as hell when I was watching this episode. So when the cyber psycho bitch like killed Pilar and David watched it happen and everything started to move in slow motion, like the water drops and like the sweat and shit. I was so like watching that so intently. I was like, holy shit, this is like the best anime in the world. Only because that entire scene that I think only went on for like half a minute, maybe 45 seconds tops, it felt like 10 minutes for me. I was like, oh my God, this was the best decision of my life. <laughs> it was so good. Oh my God. But then David, that's when um, David actually um, does uses the Sandivistian again. He keeps fucking using it. It is stressing me the fuck out. But he uses it again because the cyber psycho... Um, Lucy managed to kind of like fry his circuits because, you know, she's a hacker and but they end up targeting her. So David uses it again to go and save her. And, you know, Rebecca's pissed like Rebecca wanted to murder the fuck out of that dude because Rebecca is a unhinged little gremlin. And she was like, I was supposed to kill him. Why the fuck? So they killed the dude, the cyber psycho. Why the hell did Rebecca turn around and start shooting her brother's corpse? Like, I get it. You wanted to kill him. But girl, girl, read the room. Your brother just died. I felt so bad. Ugh, it was so sad. But David and Lucy, basically, David just saved her life. So I was like, oh, damn, David about to get it in. <laughs> like, <laughs> if that ain't one aphrodisiac, it's when you save a girl's life and you just saved hers. And basically, I mean, they ain't get it in, but I mean, they kissed and it was very cute. And I was so happy for David. I was like, oh my God. Ugh. And and David and Lucy, they, they talk about going to the moon and David promised to take her to the moon. And I was like, you know, Studio Trigger loves having these very, um, very, I don't know how to explain it, like Carol complexy stories, and it you always think it's going to go in a certain way, but then it doesn't go in the way that you want it to go in, and then it ends up having a very bittersweet ending. So the only thing going through my head is, David is going to 
overfry his system or something, he's going to die at the end of this. I don't know anything about this series. I think I thankfully have managed to avoid spoilers thus far, but I am deeply, deeply, deeply afraid for what the ending of this series is going to bring me. And I believe it's not, I, if I remember correctly, it's not that long. I think it's only 10 episodes. So I'm going to have a, only a few more episodes of this recap series. And I really don't think David's going to live at the end. And I'm going to be so fucking sad if that's the case because Studio Trigger loves doing this to us. Oh my God. But the, the series is so good. I love Lucy. I love David. I love what they can do for each other. I hope this, it doesn't have like a kind of like, uh, you know, those tragic love stories where you can tell these two lost souls found each other and they're exactly what they need for each other. Like a yin to a yang and like the peanut butter to their jelly, like the, the weaknesses that David has, Lucy has, and the weaknesses that Lucy has, David has the strengths in. And like, I, I'm going to be very pissed off if something at the end of this anime ends up either killing one of them or killing both of them or ends up separating both of them. I just feel it in my bones. And I saw like articles floating around for the series where they already made the decision that there isn't going to be a season two. So I was like, that means something definitive happened at the end of the series, which prompts it to not be able to have enough material to work for a sequel. So I'm like, somebody dies. Somebody fucking dies or the world fucking blows up. I don't know what it is, but I am so excited. I really really enjoy this series this is definitely making me want to play cyberpunk even though i know it's not going to work like the series but it's it's so immersive it's just so well put together studio trigger does such a great job animating it i cannot believe how good this series is and i cannot wait to watch episode five and six and talk about it with you guys but for now that is it Thank you so much for listening to me rant and ramble once again. You guys are totally awesome. Um, I have a couple of new listeners. I've been gaining listeners steadily, and I'm just extremely happy and thankful that you guys stick around with the my chaotic screeching I feel like that I have when it comes to talking about anime. Um, I'm going to try to post more videos more often, and I'm not going to make promises as to what animes <laughs> anymore because I'm kind of in a rut as to what animes I want to do and what animes I don't want to do. Like somebody, I was talking to my friend about My Hero Academia, and My Hero Academia, I'm actually caught up in in the manga. So I was like, I don't know if I can... I don't know if I can watch the anime and do a recap series on it without spoiling it for future like episodes because I know exactly what's going to happen. So I'm just like worried because I want this to be like spoiler free. I want to go into these series as anime only as the rest of you guys. So I'm, I took a break from reading all my manga. I want to strictly focus on anime right now. And, but I can't do that with My Hero Academia because everything has been hitting the fan. Like the shit has been hitting the fan in My Hero Academia since the beginning of this year. Like the chapters, like Horikoshi keeps like blessing us and I can't stop reading it. So that's why I'm like, I don't think I can do a recap series without like spoiling it for anime onlys. But um, I'll think about it. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still trying to figure out how this is going to work in my methods and like, what people want to hear and what people don't want to hear. I would really love some user feedback, but also I don't know where you guys are going to place that because my website still isn't up. So 
I am literally rambling and running up my clock. Okay. So you guys know exactly where to find me. All my socials, I am streaming currently on most major streaming platforms. So Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, The Works. Wherever you can listen to podcasts, you can probably find my episodes on there. And if there is something that you use that I haven't uploaded to, I'll check to see if they have an RSS feed and I'll try to make it available there. I want to definitely make this as accessible to you guys as possible. So once again, Essential Mail Talks on most major streaming platforms. And if you want to kind of connect with me, you can um, go ahead and look me up on some social media sites. So try Twitter, TikTok, um, as well as Instagram. And you could just put in Essential Mail Talks or Essential Mail. I should come up. Um, I'm trying to work on a TikTok like specific page for my podcast, as well as working on a website. So we can definitely have a place where we can chat and continue the conversation. But for the time being, that's just going to be worked on before I can actually give you guys a link to follow. But once again, thank you so much for the continued support, you guys, and I will see you in the next episode.